So we fast forwarded a few hours and <laughs> Nick and I did go on that mountain bike ride and, uh, you know, we kind of hit up some of the local trails, Rimden Watershed primarily. Uh, Was there a trail we didn't hit? That's the question. <laughs> we pretty much hit all of the trails in the immediate area. <laughs> That's kind of how the riding is out here. You know, you got to piece together many different uh, trails. But so what did you think of the ride, Nick? Oh, man. Well, if you can't tell, I'm a little tired right now. Um, yeah, I I got to about an hour in, well, about an hour and 20 minutes in, and Matt had already left, and I was still with his brother, and I totally bonked. It was just game over. Um, it was fun, the first hour. <laughs> yeah, the first hour was great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I downloaded all my rides to Strava, and it was pretty much, yeah. if I didn't crack a top 10, on any segment i got a pr on on the segment so we were just hauling butt right out of the gates like pat put the pedal down the first like five minutes Mm -hmm. then i got to the front and you know i don't want to slow anyone down so i keep the pace like wide open and it pretty much stayed there for the next 70 minutes yeah it was pretty fun (laughs) so it was good but you know nick hasn't been on a mountain bike in a while and probably should have cut his losses and (laughs) gone in with me and blown through all of his glycogen and then been smart and hightailed at home but i think he and pat ended up getting in a little bit over two hours and uh yeah it was pretty rough at the end there so um well yeah so we're we're kind of we talked about your spiritual journey a little bit um you know we talked about uh kind of the difference between rule following versus a relationship with god yeah we covered a little bit about that and uh, now we're on to the Altitude Project. So tell us about that and yes. what's going on with the Altitude Project uh, this year. I love the Altitude Project. So back in 2004, <laughs> no, it's 2005, um, Chris Olinger and I, oh, Chris Olinger, my best friend from college, um, he, uh, he, had, he was growing in his faith and, and decided the December before um, that he wanted to go on a trip and I said whatever wherever you want to go I'll go with you so he decided to go check out this altitude project thing and we had heard a little bit about it here and there at a Stanford track meet and stuff like that but um, nothing really prepared me for how amazing it was going to be um, and and I say amazing and the context of that is like all throughout high school I went to this high altitude running camp um, called Steens Mountain Running Camp for high schoolers, and um, that was that was pretty darn cool. And I got to be a, a counselor there. Um, and and what was cool about it is where there were all all these these people who were were interested and and very dedicated to running. But what was missing was a spiritual aspect. And um, you you had um, brought up the tagline for Altitude Project being. Um, just helping people grow and in, in helping collegiate distance runners grow in in long distance running and and um, in Christian living and um, it really melds the two of those together so well. I remember when we first got there and we're in Mammoth Lakes. It's this little town up in 
um, the Sierra Nevada Mountains in California, Northern California. And it's just beautiful. It's dry. The trails are kind of soft. Um, and, and like, there, there are these, you know, like, Meb Keflevsky and, and Dina Castor and some other people... You know, you'd see them running around, and, and, and it'd be like, holy cow, this is this is like a mecca for runners. And um, the reason is just because it's, it's the, the weather's so great in the summer, but it's also just amazing to train at altitude and then come back. Come back, and um, at the time I was living in Portland, and so we, we got to come back after, we spent three weeks there, and, and had the best, like... Um, set up to come back to because like we'd gotten in good good mileage and like I've run anywhere from I've run up to 120 miles in a week up there and uh, because the trails are soft and you're spacing out your runs um, in in a really um, intelligent manner like there's a lot of thought that went into like how what each day looks like but um, I don't know the running is so good but that's that's not the only part of it. I mean, that's kind of like what I had in high school, but even better than that, like, we we got to know these counselors and the directors, and, um, and, and it wasn't just that they were totally interested in running. It was that they understood um, why running um, for God made sense, like how to integrate faith and running together. And I'd never really been around people who who did that better and or even did it half as good um i've been involved in athletes in action and um you know like we'd, we'd go on trips and it was like with a you know the track team and you know there's no focus on on distance events whereas this is all about distance and and there's so many good parallels in the bible that you can find um, that that correlate like what distance running is like to to our faith and our, our walk and our, our life with God, um, but um, yeah, I'd say I'd say the uh, um, just kind of like the highlights of it is 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 not really <laughs> the running is so amazing um, and I'm never gonna forget it and it's so beautiful but um, really the highlight is is that um, excelling in Christian living. Because I think if, if, you can, if you can learn what it is to follow Christ in a better way, that sticks with you throughout life. Whereas um, maybe running will, maybe it won't, um, but it's not going to have the same effect on all areas of my life, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, Altitude Project um, is just transformative in my life. I... I went and um, um, and I never stopped going back. <laughs> I just kept going back, and I, as a post collegiate distance runner, went back, and um, that's really where I got the the drive and the the vision that I could actually make the Olympic trials when I was running with people who um, were better than me, and um, or, or or trained more than I had, or had done things that I hadn't, and I realized, hey, this is possible, you know. Um, and, and I was encouraged too, you know, but in, in reasonable ways. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, I would definitely, um, you know, I can see where you're saying the the Christian living part was, um, you know, definitely an emphasis. I still, yeah, I still keep in contact with a lot of people from Altitude Project that yeah. I met 
And, and it's it's so great, like the community that we have. I mean, you see people um, when you're at big races around the country, and and we really do have an altitude family. Um, just uh, in in June, no, no, not June, um, January. Um, I went skiing. Second time ever I've gone skiing, you know. And I'm I'm in Colorado, and 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 in one day there were like seven or eight of us from altitude. It, in um, Colorado, um, and we got together to go just to hang out. Um, I think some people were there for New Year's or some bachelorette party or whatever. But I mean, we all got together because we have that family tie, you know. Was Paul Davis there? Yeah, Paul Davis was definitely there, the yeah. connector of us all. <laughs> the Paul <laughs> Davis is definitely the connector, so you know, he's, he's probably one of the good reasons why there is a, an altitude project family because he uh, keeps in touch with everybody. That's right. Yeah, he's he he's lost a, a little bit of the luster in terms of the connections that he's he's uh, continuing yeah. on, but. He's still the glue, definitely the glue that, that holds many people together. So. Well, I can't see Paul really ever losing the, <laughs> losing the luster compared compared to anybody else. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, people have a long way to go to, to match him. He's got a he's got a lot of frequent flyer miles. We'll just, we'll just say that. Yeah. Paul, if you're listening to this, I have dibs on those, those frequent flyer miles. If you don't Dang want. Dang it. Um, Dang it. <clears throat> Yeah, well, good stuff. So, so what's on what's on tap for this year? Is there a theme for Altitude Project for this year? Uh, what are the dates? How much yeah. does it cost? All right. So, dates: um, Mammoth Lakes. We start on a Sunday and end on a Sunday, so we're doing a full full week. Um, dates are July twentieth through August third. You can come for one week or two weeks. Um, so you can come for the first week, the second week, or you can come for both weeks. And um, you need to arrive in Reno um, or in Mammoth Lakes um, on that Sunday. And there's, there's specific instructions on the website. It's altitudeproject.com. And uh, there's no spaces, no dashes, nothing. Um, if you search in Google, like, Christian Distance Running Camp, I think we're in, like, number one on there. So um, do, do some searching. Check it out. we got lots of pictures and testimonies and... Um, we want you guys to know about it. I think one week, man, um, I'm going off of what I remember. I think it's 475, and that includes all of the all of the food that you'll need, um, everything that you'll need while you're there. Um, and if you want to get extra stuff, there's a, a supermarket just across the street, pretty much from where we stay. But it's uh, yeah, we stay at a condo. There's a pool there. There's a hot tub. Um, um, everything's taken care of. And the meals are wonderful. We did we did a lot of researching um, of other of other camps, and we've made it we've made it less um, expensive than a lot of other camps are going to be. And it's in a, a much more beautiful place, and it's at altitude, and you get to know all these awesome people. I, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of incentive there. I think. Yeah, you can tell that a lot goes into you know. There's a lot of value added so to speak for this camp it's, yeah you're not eating uh oatmeal every day and running from the condo you know, you're straight <laughs> yeah. you're going on all these getting driven up to lake mary and yeah uh, all these different great uh trailheads that are up there by mammoth lakes and mm-hmm. um you know the food is great and the place that you stay if it's still the same place it's yeah. a it's a cool spot yeah um and you know there's obviously a ton of um 
resources from the spiritual perspective as well. There's a lot of thought and, and good content that usually goes into that. Um, you know, Paul Davis, he, he created that in my year, so I don't, I don't know. That's, I probably saw the pinnacle as far as, you know, as good as it could get. But, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I'm, I'm not um, really sure. We're doing some collaboration stuff now that's, that's pretty good. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, we couldn't say that Paul... Paul Davis is not is not detailed. So, whatever I got that year was a very detailed, probably you know, Bible study well, packet or well, whatever. Well, Matt, you're you're the kind of guy that wants to be in a class, and you know, maybe not everybody wants to be in it. So. Um, yeah, some other stuff. Oh, if you want to go for two weeks, it's, I think it's eight fifty or eight seventy five. Um, you still have to fly um, or get yourself to camp. Um, but if you can get to Reno. Um, we'll pick you up, even though it's three hours away. We uh, we drive a, a shuttle van back and forth. Yeah, so that's that value added right there. So pick you, up. you don't you don't yeah. What is that like Hertz or something? We'll pick you up. Um, I don't know. Enterprise rent a car. There we go. Maybe. Oh yeah, Enterprise. They <laughs> We're do. better than them though. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Three hours down from the camp and back up to come get you. We'll actually talk to you and uh, make some good conversation on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So if they mention this podcast, can they get a discount? Ooh, will they get a discount? The the, the way you can get a discount, um, I think, um, if it's still available, I can't remember if, it, if it's still available. Um, if you can get like uh, five like five people from your team, including yourself, to go, um, there's there's discounts available. So. Um, also, if, if you're in financial need and you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, that such sounds like way too much, um, um, you know, there's, there's other options, so check out our website for, um, for that content as well. So, I mean, our, our goal is that we want people to come and, and grow to become better um, lovers of God, better people who can hear His voice more clearly who um, who who just are are more able to to follow follow after him and and show others the way as well so um, we we don't want stuff to, to get in the way um, also if you're if you're listening to this and um, and you're not an athlete you're or maybe you are but you're not a college athlete anymore um, maybe you never were but um, altitude altitude project sounds like something um, that is, is worthwhile. We are a nonprofit organization and, um, we welcome all donations and, um, um, and those donations go directly into helping people come who can't come. Um, they go into keeping costs down for, for the weeks and, um, just making the experience one that, that really is unforgettable and, and is life transforming, transforming. Good stuff, man. Well, so last question. Uh, so, um, any advice to our aspiring Christian athletes? You got any words of wisdom from your your rocky um, rocky uh, experiences? You know, and, I, and I'm saying this because I, I have some background knowledge. You know, Nick kind of came mm-hmm. into University of Portland, and um, I would say that uh, at the time the environment at the school uh on the cross country team was probably what we would consider hostile towards (laughs) towards christians and nick kind of paved the way and then when i got into university of portland uh things had had definitely changed somewhat and so i had a radically different experience from nick because 
uh, Nick and other Christian athletes had kind of paved the way um, at the school. So Nick, uh, Chris Olinger, um, and then you know my year had a, had a few Christian guys. So yeah. our experience was was quite a bit different because some of the groundwork that uh, you know Nick and Chris had laid um, through the power of the of the Holy Spirit, of course, uh, not because of their great wisdom or skills or anything, but, um, but things have changed. So, you know, give us kind of, you have any, uh, you have any tips for, for people that are coming up and they're, uh, you know, they're in these two kind of seemingly opposed worlds of success from an athletic perspective, but there's also their, their Christian faith. Yeah. Well, and when you get to college, you're just, like I said earlier, you're going to get pressured to do things that you don't want to do. Um, and it could be by your teammates. I know it was for me. And um, whether that's there or not, if the environment is hostile towards your beliefs, um, like it was for me at the beginning, um, like w- what made a bit a big difference for me was was having somebody to talk to about all of that, and and saying I don't know how to deal with this, and being honest about it, because. Um, I to be honest, I ran away in my freshman year. Not not from school, but um, I I trained with the team, but didn't spend any time with them because I didn't know how to how to be around them and and be authentic. Um, I lied a lot to to them when they asked me questions that I didn't want to answer truthfully, and um, I think I was I think I was just afraid um, that they would see that I I wasn't perfect. I thought I had to have a perfect veneer. Um, so I guess um, me being the verbal processor, um, the points I would say just out of that is, one, um, find, get a mentor. Like, right, when you get into college, find somebody who's older, wiser, and uh, whom you can respect and trust. Um, somebody who... It may not be an athlete, um, and if it is, if they are, then that's even better, but um, somebody who you can, like, talk to and and ask those questions, like, how do I relate to this person, or how, what do I do about this question, or, and when they're pressuring me, what do I, you know, like, what do I, what are some ideas, what, what, what does it say in the word, and that sort of thing. That's just huge. Um, also, just don't give up on your teammates. Um, once I once I finally was able just to start being honest about stuff, it was pretty awesome to see the impact that it had on people. When I could, I, when I had, um, when I had the confidence that that God had me where He had me, and that I was His His son, um, who whom He loves. Um, I was able. To, to be honest and 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 just see the fruit um, that 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 even even just a little honesty could have with with different teammates um, so so find a mentor be honest be honest <laughs> yeah and you know what and and plug yourself in um, so that you can grow I mean that's that's like the mentorship thing that's a big part of it but I mean read your Bible get to know who God is because if if you don't know who God is, like I didn't know um, all that well when I got into college, uh, I wasn't reading the Word for myself until my freshman year. Um, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was just blindly following rules that that 
were were good things, but I didn't know I didn't understand any of the reasoning behind it. And um, when I was confronted by a lot of questions, that kind of got me to ask why. I I just I was at a loss to explain what to do. So the other thing I'd say is is um, regardless of who's there. Um, there's nothing like some encouragement for for people, uh, for teammates. Um, one of the greatest honors I got, I think, at UP was um, being nominated for the... I'm forgetting what it was on the team. Um, it wasn't most valuable because that was John Moore. Most inspirational? Yeah, most inspirational. And, and really, I think that was because I, I just kept constantly encouraging people and you know i really wanted our team to to do well and and i believe that 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 came out of my love my love for god and my love for people that i was you know i was i was being loved by god and and and, um and i was pouring that out to my team and um i think i think even my coach recognized that and um and saw the value in that so Regardless of, of what people think of your religion, of, of who you are in Christ, um, it's going to have an impact on them in a positive way. So we got some, uh, some uh, being honest, some finding a mentor, some <laughs> yeah. reading your Bible, and some providing encouragement to others. Yeah. I like it. I think that that's a good start. That's good advice. Um, okay, shoots. Well, uh you know, thanks once again for being on the show and, and taking yeah. the time out of your day. You know, you're kind of a captive audience because you're staying at my house tonight. But, <laughs> you, know, you didn't really have much of a choice, but thanks for thanks for being here anyway and uh, yeah, giving welcome. us the scoop on Altitude Project. So I'm just going to provide a real quick uh, recap of some of the um, some of the high points today, and then that'll wrap it up. Okay. So the first thing that I wanted to address, just to recap uh, Nick's statements, was uh, just the rule-following question again. You know, I know Nick elaborated a little bit about uh, his failure to see the spirit of the law, but um, when we talk about, you know, vertically um, our relationship with God, you know, Nick discussed a little bit more about his horizontal relationship with uh, his friend. But um, the problem with rule-following from a vertical perspective, uh, our relationship with God is that rule falling cannot get us to God. Uh, that would be the first main problem. Um, if we want to approach God on the basis of rule following, uh, his standard is perfection. And so uh, if anyone is out there that can obey God's laws uh, perfectly, you know, then he could potentially uh, have the ability to approach God and ask for eternal life or salvation or acceptance based on um, his ability to keep the law. But the Bible tells us uh, something different about the law. So in Romans 3.20, I'd just like to uh, add in a little bit of Bible here uh, towards the end. So Romans 3.20 says, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. And you'll see this in various places in Galatians uh, uh, many times right in this section of Romans, in Romans 3 and 4, uh, just how the law, uh, its purpose isn't to um, show us how we can uh, achieve 
and earn our way to God, but it's supposed to actually show us our failure and our inability to make it to God on our own efforts by trying to follow the law and by trying to obey the rules. So what the law is actually supposed to do, its intended purpose is to show us that we're sinners and that we need Jesus. Um, So if you believe the Bible, uh, that is the position that you should take. Second problem with rule following is that um, not only can it not get you to God, but it can't make you more like God. So um, if you want to talk theologically, the law is not sufficient to justify you. It can't declare you righteous or innocent in God's sight. Um, and it also can't sanctify you, so it can't make you more like God either. And that's covered in Romans 7. So in Romans 3 through 4, you get a lot of information about how one can have God's righteousness, how they can be forgiven, how they can be saved. And then you move on uh, in the train of thought uh, in Romans 7, and it's more a discussion about the Christian life and how someone becomes more like Christ and uh, bears fruit for God and lives a an upright life. And uh, so it says in Romans 7, uh, So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. And so what it's saying here is that the, the law has a, um, a negative consequence on our, on our sinful nature. It uh, not only exposes that we are sinners, but it also arouses um, the sinful desires that we have within us. Uh, so people are by nature rebellious, and the the law just brings that out and makes it worse. So where a lot of people uh, today in today's culture, they just think if we pile law upon law upon law, then eventually, you know, if we have all the right ideas and we push these laws on others, then eventually people will abide by those laws and uh, everything will be good. People will behave properly and um, everyone will be at peace. Well, the Bible says that that's not actually true. It says that People are by nature rebellious, and the more laws you slap down on them, uh, the worse that you're going to make things. So, uh, so in order for people to become more like God as a Christian, uh, it says that God actually removes our association from the law. So we die to the law, and then we're, um, we're reattached, so to speak, uh, to the Spirit. So it's not um, the source of... Uh, of good works, of, of good things that come from our life won't be from us anymore and be from that sinful nature that's uh, that's enticed by the law and wanting to rebel against the law, but it'll be from uh, God's very own spirit. So that's why it says, um, it says, uh, uh, we've been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So those are two different ways even to uh, become more like God. So, um, so that's a good uh, maybe summary of rule following, why it doesn't work. I mean, obviously we could go for um, hours and hours on that. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about was just kind of the uh, idea of glorifying God through sport. And Nick mentioned that, you know, Altitude Project has this different perspective where, uh, you know, they believe that it's possible to... Um, 
you know, excel in athletics and also glorify God at the same time. And that's not necessarily a perspective that's shared very widely. I mean, I would say that there's two way more popular views. One would be the view within the church that says that um, you have to sacrifice physically in order to grow spiritually. And that sports should really just be viewed as like a hobby and not something to be taken seriously. Um, and then the other view would be more of like a worldly view, which says that uh, you have to sacrifice spiritually in order to grow physically and no one uh, can reach you know, their maximum athletic capabilities if they devote time to God. Um, and so you know, myself and I think everyone at Altitude Project uh, would disagree with both those positions and they would say that no, actually, uh, your relationship with God and your uh, your athletics uh, those can be ca- complementary. Um, you can learn something about God through sports. You can glorify God through sports. That's something that you can do in a way uh, that honors God. Um, and also, you know, your your spiritual growth that can actually positively impact your um, uh, physically. Uh, you know, that can, that can impact, you know, so many things that go into your athletic career. It can impact your attitude. It can uh, just impact your peace of mind. Um, you know, it can definitely give you that Protestant work ethic. And so, um, I mean, I, it, it's in a short amount of time, I can't say all the ways that, you know, my relationship with God has impacted the way that I view sport. Um, there's just so many things, but... I do think that it's totally enhanced the way that I do go after sports. And, you know, I'm a pro triathlete now. And, um, you know, I go after that 100%. I don't hold back at, at all. And I think that that's actually a motivation uh, that comes from God. And, you know, the, the longevity that I've had in endurance sports, like, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the same longevity if it hadn't been for my relationship with God, if it was just something that. I wanted to do um, purely for myself. Um, <laughs> I there's been too many obstacles, and I would have given up a long time ago. So there's a lot you can learn about that. But yeah, definitely in any any area of life, uh, your job, uh, athletics, um, relationships, whether that's the opposite sex or family members, you know, those can be um, vehicles where you can glorify God, you can learn about God, you can grow spiritually. So. Um, you know, that's something that you can learn at Altitude Project or through Athletes in Action, um, and something that we're trying to obviously instill here at Tritheos. So, uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, definitely come back next time.